Uh, all right, Bart. Thank you so much for coming into this VO session. We just need a few uh, voice samples for the new game, Bart versus the Space Mutants. Uh, first up, can you give me a uh, cool man? Cool, man. Uh, great. And just one more for safety? Cool, man. Fantastic. Uh, I think we got it. And then moving on, the other one we're going to need is eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. Great. You want, you want to try it once more, maybe just a little bigger? Eat my shorts. Great. That's fantastic. Uh, boy, this is wonderful. Um, You know, we had like 90 minutes allocated for this, but that's all we needed. You guys need anything else from me or are you just... Is that you just want me to do those two those two lines? Because I, you know, I've got Bart Simpson's voice, so I can do whatever you want. Uh, you know, I, while while I got you, uh, how about um, can we get a suck my dick Flanders? Oh, uh, suck my dick Flanders. Uh, yeah, you, that that was great. Uh, you can use that in an episode, or boy. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, probably that'll be. Oh, you know, why'd I'm sorry. You, I just why'd got... you why'd you record that on your phone? <laughs> so, sorry, I just got fired. <laughs> I need to leave. They're telling me to leave. We expose aliens with X-ray specs and spray paint to save mankind in The Simpsons: Bart versus the Space Mutants. This week on How Did This Get Played? Cool, man. Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, across from Heather Ann Campbell. Man, Nick, you always sound a little bit like a wrestling announcer. Like, you've got, like, a real mm. good, like, immediate, I mean, like, welcome. Like, it's, I don't know. I'm Heather Ann Campbell sitting across from uh, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> wow. everyone. I'm trying to bring a little mean gene cadence to what will be a very low-energy discussion. Just what? start, just start everyone <laughs> off, and get get everyone really hyped up uh, for the two of us uh, lethargically talking about a a bad game. Uh, Heather, we have a uh, we have some great guests today. We have a a fascinating a bad game, a historically bad game that we are going to discuss. But before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, it is time as we always do to spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven. And for this one, I will defer to our producer. Yes, you. Do you have somewhere to be? Because you're just I, like plowing through this, man. You're just like, let's go. Here's the next segment. All right. I got to feed my meter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we've got our, uh, I, I figured for 70 seconds of gaming heaven, uh, we would defer to our producer, Matt, to discuss his recent travails with the new Streets of Rage 4. Matt, take it away. Great. So I'm in these streets and I'm mad as hell. <laughs> the, the game. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I've never played Streets of Rage ever before, but I 
saw that people were talking about the new one and that they were excited about it. And I was uh, like itching to play a new game because that's, you know, as, as is my want. And I hadn't finished any games uh, that I've been playing, but I've been really enjoying it so far. My favorite character is Floyd, who is a uh, cybernetically enhanced apprentice of uh, Dr. Zahn, according to Wikipedia. I don't know about any of the characters. I just know that Floyd looked the coolest because he had robot arms. Uh, and, I, you know, it's there's a, a, a variance of different enemies. There's obviously there are all, all types of street toughs, you know, and so you're going around and you're just you're just hitting people. You're hitting people. You're attacking them. And I, I guess I hadn't played a beat em up in some time. I forgot how satisfying they are because it's just your objective is just so clear. It's such an easy game to pick up and put down. Like I've probably only finished. I think I've, at this point I've only finished like the first level. But uh, timer. Sorry. Time's up. Wow. Part, wow. Part of I, you me know wondered what? if you set the timer. I, I thought maybe you would just like <laughs> fucking talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and just me over and over. And yeah, you just hit people and walk around and you hit more people. Uh, I got to say the timer going off on me now made me realize how it must feel for you guys when I tell you that you have to stop talking. And it does hurt. And I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. It's a format we imposed on you. Thank you for being the gatekeeper. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Boy, it'll be nice when we have that return to normalcy and you can just go out in the streets uh, where, you know, you can only trust your fists and just beat the <laughs> shit out of a bunch of toughs. Oh, we're, we're all dreaming about those days again. Yeah, you just, you're trying to, I'm trying to limit physical contact, but once that's over, I'm going to start punching everybody again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should introduce our guests. Uh, they host the podcast Talking Simpsons, What a Cartoon, and Retronauts collectively between the two of them. Henry Gilbert, Bob Mackie are here. Hi, guys. Hey, I'm Henry. Hey, it's Bob. So nice to be here. Yes. Th thank Hi, you guys so Bob. much. Hi. Hi. We had a we had a thrill. Uh, we had a real treat when we got to all guest on Talking Simpsons and discussed a uh, a fun, not quite not quite late season uh, season episode. I mean, it was still it's still on the the early third se of seasons. Um, this was the one with Alec uh, Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Uh, the what do you does anyone know the name of that episode off t off the top of their heads? When you dish upon a star. That's <laughs> when you dish name. upon a star. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, we had, but we had a fun. You know, that was that was a, still a good Simpsons episode. Still a fun Simpsons episode with some solid jokes. But then we are making you guys. We are returning the favor by making you play. Uh, I guess probably the most execrable of all the Simpsons games, and there are some bad ones. Man, you know, I don't even know if this is the yeah. worst. Wow. It actually, it's not even the worst NES Simpsons game, <laughs> but it's still really, really bad. That can't be true. What's 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 worse than than Bart versus the Space Mutants? Bart versus the world is a little bit better, but Bartman meets Radioactive Man is much worse than this wow. game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we failed on our premise. We should have been playing that game. No, this is the most fun one to talk about, though. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. it's it's the one every if you played a Simpsons game on the NES, it had to have been this one. You wouldn't have played a different one. So that's that's also why, like, I think we all swore off Simpsons games on the <laughs> NES after Space Mutants because it was so bad. Right. So this is where everyone's memories are anyway. No, I, I think you're 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 spot on about that. I actually owned this game as a child. And, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in more depth in a second, but I, I will say that this one came out like right after, I think, season one of The Simpsons. It was maybe it maybe came out during season two. And so this it, game was released in 1991 and was mm -hmm. the very first Simpsons game released the first Simpsons for game. any system. 
Yes. And so to Bob and Henry's points, uh, it's it's yes, this was the one that everyone got because the Simpsons were white hot. Bart was America's bad boy. And then it was it was just so I just remember it being a game that I just was so disappointed by one of the one of the early disappointments in gaming where I was just like, like, this is hard, not understanding that the reason it was hard was that it was a bad game. Just being like this, like, I don't I don't understand it, you know, not understanding that there was bad design at the core of it. Well, yeah, when I was eight, when this game came out and I, I never owned it, I rented it, but I, you know, <laughs> trusted that a game, all games are good. And that if, <laughs> if this wasn't, if I failed at it, it's because of my fault. I just right. blame myself. Yeah, I, I assumed when I got older, I could finish level two, but that still hasn't <laughs> happened to me yet. I hit a brick wall with the with the hats. Um, but let, before we before we get there, let, let's start in 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 happier times and greener pastures. I I, I just want to get a sense of you guys as as gamers. Um, and and well, I'd like to hear from each of you. Like, what are some of your all time favorite games? Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Henry. Oh God, uh, geez, I'm guessing uh, a lot of the more obvious ones like uh, Mario three, yeah. and some of the classic Final Fantasy ones like Final Fantasy six. Uh, your classic Zeldas like Majora's Mask and Wind Waker. Um, it's it's really hard to think of them on the spot because I do a classic yes. gaming podcast and I'm always filling my brain with knowledge about like so many things. I end up loving so many things. So um, I would guess like just some of the more obvious choices for someone who was born in the early '80s in terms of retro games. Are you playing? Uh, are you playing Seven Remake at all? Yeah, I just finished it and we just put out a podcast about mm-hmm. that. Wow, I got to listen to that because I am once I finish it, I think I am in the part before that like i think i'm in I, i'm in a part where they were like okay once you go to this part you can't go back to the previous part which to me seemed like okay this i think this is the final chapter but i'm i haven't read anything about it so i'm not I, quite I, i'm not quite sure but i i really nick, nick yes. i don't want to call you out on your shit here but you've been you've been at that part for a week like you just <laughs> you just said uh, okay no going back and then it's a it's been a week at least and you're like still right there did you get real scared yeah, I got shit going on. <laughs> All right. My life's not just playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I wish it was. Uh, Henry, how about you? What are some of your all-time favorite games? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a big Nintendo fanboy and also just of uh, Japanese games in general. Like I, uh, the D- Mario series, giant fan of that. The Dragon Quest series, Final Fantasy uh, Fire Emblem. I put like 90 hours into Three Houses. and Wow. Like, I wow. I'm probably like uh, 80 hours into Animal Crossing at this point, but who mm-hmm. isn't playing a million Animal Crossing <laughs> hours right now? Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, for me and Bob, we both came from the games press, so it's also like uh, we thought too much about video games, and it's uh, we we left it like four three years ago, three years and ago, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> just nice to. It's been nice to experience games just as a fan again. Yeah, and I have a big history with these games in particular because when we were in a different depression uh, about 10 years ago, I wrote one blog post for every one of these games for a now-dead website, oneup.com. So if you go to Wikipedia, I am cited on every page for every Simpsons game. I know there's a paragraph about something I said on the one for uh, this game. I just checked. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's my legacy. And I, I hear they're printing every page of Wikipedia and putting it into the Library of Congress. So there, there you go. I hope they shoot it into space. Yeah, <laughs> right into the sun. 
Uh, so I want to ask you guys as both as both gamers and animation fans, are there any animated adaptation? Uh, uh, what, what I mean is is video game adaptations of of animated shows or animated movies that you feel like have ever worked or or, or particularly memorable. Uh, I can start with a couple of my favorites. Uh, Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally for Super Nintendo. I feel like it was a game that was like like played pretty well and like looked great for the time. And one I, another one I really like is Astro Boy Omega Factor for Game Boy Advance, which was developed <laughs> oh, by yeah. Treasure, um, which was a great like so like hybrid beat 'em up slash shooter uh, that was uh, that also had a great story in it. And it made me like I'd never really been exposed to Astro Boy, even though I knew who the character was. But it made me like like Astro Boy uh, through the game's narrative. But a- anything anything come to to mind for you guys? Any any animated uh any animated adaptations in video game form? One I really like is the uh, Beavis and Butthead point-and-click adventure game, Virtual Stupidity. Oh, there wow. are a lot of really bad Beavis and Butthead games, but this is a you know dialogue and puzzle-based, story-based game. And it has Mike Judge doing all the voices, and it has writers from the show. It's super authentic. There's original animated scenes done by the people who make the show. I don't know how they're able to make such a good product out of uh, you know a license that anyone could do anything with, but that right. is like the one good Beavis and Butthead product that's a video game. Uh, and you can't go wrong with like NES DuckTales. Like, that, yeah. That, oh, yeah. 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 That, well, that's the, and when you play crappy games like today's subject, like you, you're reminded, <laughs> you need to remember that DuckTales exists and that yeah. other good, uh, cartoon games from before their time. But I, I mean, after, I'd say after like 99, 2000 is when people who actually, you know, were fans of the cartoons started getting to make the games. Cause like Simpsons hit and run is full of like awesome jokes and references that would please a Simpsons fan. And it wasn't just like, it didn't come from developers who thought I'm working on a child's thing. So who cares? Yes. I, uh, I was going to say that the, the game that this remind or the thing that this reminds me of is Naruto Rise of a Ninja, which was another game that like by, it shouldn't have been good. Like there's no reason for it to have been, to have been good, but it was made with such love and affection by the developers and then contained both the dub voices and the uh, subtitle voices and like all these little crunchy references to the show like. When when an animated video game hits, it hits so hard and so well. It's really satisfying. Yeah, another anime one I really like is the the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game that Capcom did. Like, and that is packed with with references. Yeah. So that's one that I have no. I like. I, I talked about because I wasn't fascinated by, it, but I never actually played it. But you've you've spent some time with it. But we talked about it in a previous episode. But you've you spent some time with the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting games. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Capcom classic one that I, I played it on the Dreamcast, there's there was uh, one that came out a few years ago that if you're a JoJo fan, you probably loved it. But fighting game fans like those hardcores felt it was like poorly balanced and it wasn't right. the best kind of fighting game. But as a vehicle for references to like one off panels in JoJo or like a, a five second meme of like a guy licking a cherry, mm-hmm. those it's really good <laughs> at that. Uh, I, I mean, I love uh, as long as it's not too uh, gratuitous, I will. I'm definitely into a fan service in a video game. And I feel like, yes, you mentioned you, you mentioned Simpsons hit and run also. And I don't think it's much of a game. It's really just a means for them to, you know, 
for them to uh, uh, accumulate microtransactions, but Simpsons Tapped Out is jam-packed with a bunch of uh, very satisfying Simpsons references. But talking about uh, the pivoting to the Simpsons specifically, uh, we, we mentioned a couple of the more notable ones, but are there any other Simpsons games that stick out in your guys' minds as like having worked or having been like actually fun to play? Oh, God, yes. The arcade game is uh, probably yes. the best version of that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's made for you to throw money at until you win. But uh, despite being made by a Japanese team who didn't know a lot about the show, provided very little materials to make the game with, uh, it is so cool. And I love the confluence of like Simpsons designs meets like anime cutesy mm-hmm. designs. It's such a cool right. look. Yeah, that's a. I remember the first time that I saw that game in an arcade and it to me looked like indistinguishable from the cartoon. Like right. you're, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, they did it. They got the Simpsons into a video game. <laughs> yeah, because the Simpsons have this this intentionally crude aesthetic, it was pretty you could replicate it pretty well. Even uh, honestly in the NES, it was like it did like some of these character designs look okay even in this piece of shit game. <laughs> uh, but but Henry, were there were there any other that comes to mind? Oh yeah, well, the first one I really enjoyed that wasn't the arcade game and it isn't a game like it it's virtual springfield because that oh that, yeah that's more of just a series of um screensavers yeah. honestly that that play clips but it was full of references and so much new recorded dialogue from the entire cast including Harry Shearer who sets out a lot of stuff but he he did stuff in it i i think they felt a lot more invested in it because it was like the first one Fox published or one of the first ones Fox published. And so uh, it was made with a lot more care, I think. Uh, And then pretty much anything after hit and run, even if the games themselves weren't great or they, if they were good, they at least like knew about the nerd quotient and the, it made it feel like a Simpsons thing. Uh, Matt, I know you're a big, uh, you're you're a huge Simpsons fan. A man with a Simpsons tattoo. That's right. Do you just uh, have the one? Do you just have the Rat Boy, or do you have I, any others? I know. I well, I know. I have the Moth. Uh, oh yeah, I have, the a, I have a I have the Rat Boy T-shirt though, but I spilled coffee on it. <laughs> okay. Well, guess, all right. That's a, that's tattoo you're adjacent. Not a fan? I don't know. Yeah, I, it was a, it was a, such a bummer that I spilled coffee on my white T-shirt. Um, but the. Uh, one of my favorite ones as a kid was uh, Simpsons Road Rage, which is just a crazy taxi clone, uh, right. which they did uh, get into a, a legal dispute o- over, and <laughs> they right. uh, they did settle in private for an undisclosed uh, undisclosed amount. Apparently, is what I'm uh, reading right here. But I loved that game, and it was just because I I mean I loved Crazy Taxi like also, so it was just like oh I like this game but i could play the simpsons version of it instead i'll I'll, i'd rather play the simpsons version uh they 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 had some success with because also you know uh, hit and run was basically just like a reskinned you know gta i mean they were were just taking mechanics that worked in more successful games and putting the simpsons in them i'm curious matt did you ever mess around with the simpsons skateboarding that was why I, I looked I, up that I, I'm sure Bob ha, has written the entry for, uh, but I was like, definitely. I couldn't even remember this game. I did. So like they, they had Simpsons wrestling and they had Simpsons skateboarding too. And they were both bad. I did not. I remember wrestling. Wrestling sucked. Wrestling yeah, was and, so bad. Cause at that time too, I would have been like sort of like tangentially interested in wrestling. Cause all my friends were into it. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I'll get in through the Simpsons. Not a fan of that game. The skateboarding one was also not very good. 
but I, I was just like, I think I was like young enough to be like, this sucks. I don't like, I, but like, like, I just didn't ever really get that uh, invested in it. I probably rented it like one time and was mad that I wasted like a $5 <laughs> rental on uh, Simpsons skateboarding. Uh, but I liked the, there was a, there was that game that, that is just called, I think like the Simpsons game. Is that it? And like, oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. one is like pretty fun. Cause it just kind of like takes you through like, kind of like classic Simpsons, like scenarios, like Homer in hell eating the donuts and stuff. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed that game because, uh, that's the <laughs> last Simpsons game as far as like consoles. I think they'll yeah. ever make. Yeah. Cause tapped out just makes so much money. EA would never spend money on a different, on a more expensive console game. Tapped well, out is I the know. freaky act you pay for. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, when I played Simpsons tapped out, I talked about this a little bit. I probably spent hundreds of my own real dollars on that oh. game. Sucks. See, you're why we don't get new Simpsons games now. It's my fault. It's your fault. All my single hundreds of dollars. <laughs> it, it, like, yeah, that, I mean, hey, whatever, that's its own other, it's, its own topic, those, that whole, uh, that whole mobile, just like, cash sponge um, genre, where that's just all based on, on microtransactions. But let's move on to this week's uh, piece de resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing we'll be discussing, the Simpsons Bart versus the Space Mutants. Uh, Heather, as you mentioned, this this was the first Simpsons video game came out in was it nineteen ninety one? And yeah. to put it in context, uh, other games from nineteen ninety one include Street Fighter two, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what I was playing. Out of this slash another world, a link from the a link to the past, and Final Fantasy four. So this was a big a big year in games, and almost you know means that there's like not really any excuse for how shitty this one is. Um, it was released on NES, Amiga, Amistad, Atari, Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, Sega Genesis, Sega Master System, and the Sega Game Gear. And it was designed by Gary Kitchen, (laughs) who is the best fucking name I've heard outside of a sketch show. Fantastic name. I think he called the Amstrad CPC the Amistad, which is the Steven Spielberg film. (laughs) Oh, um, I might have, but, you know, I really enjoyed the movie based on that uh, video game system. So. <laughs> it's weird to think that this was contemporaneous with, like, the Genesis existing, because it feels like such a different era in gaming than, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, but I guess it was the same the same era. And Super NES, I think. Wasn't Super NES out in 91? Well, yeah, so there was a, in uh, yeah. America. Fuck. I mean, like, <laughs> this game does not look like it belongs in the era of the Super NES. It was the first of at least 27 Simpsons video games that exist. Um, and uh, I guess I, I can tee it off by saying it's a, you know, a joyless execution of a really <laughs> cool uh, couple of ideas uh, with grating and nightmarish music that uh, repeats ad infinitum. Um, d- discuss, guys. Just fucking discuss. Talk about that you like The Simpsons. Does this yeah. game make you hate The Simpsons? There, there are two songs in this game. Just two. Two whole songs. Yep. Two songs. One is Danny. It's a rendition of Danny Elfman's uh, famous karaoke song, The Simpsons theme song. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you can get at karaoke clubs and you just sing the simpsons and then it plays the entire time um 
There's tons of shit to do in this game, but you can't do any of it very well. Uh, there are five stages. Uh, and we could just start by talking about the first one, which is Springfield. Uh, aliens have descended on Springfield. And Bart has a pair of glasses, a la They Live, uh, where he can tell who's an alien, who's not an alien. And the aliens are going to collect everything that's purple and uh, use it to build some kind of doomsday device. So you have to spray paint or destroy everything purple in Springfield. <laughs> However, you cannot destroy your own shoes nor shorts, yes. which are purple. <laughs> this is the first thing that, that drives me crazy. And I know that they were limited by the palette uh, available on the, the number of on-screen colors you could you could display on the NES. And just as the soundtrack, just as the, the rendition uh, of the... Uh, of the Simpsons theme was limited by how many, you know, channels of audio they could have. But, you know, that sounds like shit. And then Bart's Bart shorts and shoes being purple instead of blue is immediately confusing because <laughs> your whole thing, your whole objective is to get rid of purple things. And it looks like just all the all the other objects you have to spray paint. Yeah. Since the uh, instructions on this one are either uh, you have to look them up. There, there's no in-game instructional tutorial of any kind yes uh, so you either have to like research or like read a game fact or whatever but like if you play this fresh and they're like destroy everything purple you assume well there's got to be something in this crazy fucking first level where you can <laughs> enter most of the stores and like you have to use rockets and cherry bombs and spray paint and all this stuff you assume there must be a point at which you jump into blue paint or you spray paint your own shoes or whatever, but no, you you just leave you leave the level with with purple clothes. Uh, you mentioned that there's no context within the game itself for no real explanation for how you're what you're supposed to be doing uh, beyond turning things uh, turning purple things a different color. This is one where I you really do benefit from uh, um, from RTFM. I, I I looked up the NES. I looked up the manual. I just found a PDF. And was looking through and was like, oh, there's a super jump. That's right. You know, I was being reminded yeah. uh, of some of the things. And the super oh, it's jump. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to do on an NES controller. I, I was using an Xbox controller. And so the way it's mapped, it's because you have to press the A and B button together. So you can do it a little bit easier on, a, on you know, a modern controller. But the NES controller was just this boxy thing with the 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 number or the the buttons horizontally aligned. And trying to press both of those at once was such a thumb killer. Yeah, my issues with the game, like broadly, are control based because uh, Super Mario Brothers came out in 1985, and that should have been like the baseline. Like your game has to control at least this well right. to function. Uh, this is like six years later, and in this game, you have to jump before you can start running. Like the A button is the jump button and the run button. It's crazy, criminal, it's bizarre mapping. I I mean, and uh, and like at the very start, it says cover up things that are purple and. That's it. Like with what? How do you do it? And I think too, like my frustration as a kid was that when I rented it, I didn't even have the instruction manual that could give me a slight amount more information of how to buy items or <laughs> what items did what. Yeah, and there's here. I I, I want to say a positive before I just keep slamming this thing, which is that there are tons of ideas in this like it's not like mario where you jump and you got a fireball and you got invincibility and you got like a, a grow big or get small right those are your, your main mm -hmm. set of skills in original that mario basic what? ass whack ass game well, no but i'm <laughs> but i'm saying that like this is gary kitchen 
yes. through the kitchen sink at this game. Mm. You it's know a quote on the box. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing it says. <laughs> it's coming out of Bart's mouth. <laughs> also, he's dunking. Uh, the uh, So, like, the fact that this is such a ambitious NES game, like, there's so many things you can do. But the problem is, you would never in a million years be like, oh, I need to buy a rocket so that later on in this level, I can shoot a window so that the screen covering on the window <laughs> stops being purple. Like, that is that what it, is that what that was? Because I thought you were li- I didn't even like think that it, that was a screen covering. I thought you just shot a rocket at the window and it turned from purple to blue. And that, the logic was just unexplained. I think it's supposed to be a cover for a window shade. Yeah, Got it. like a window shade. I think that's what it's supposed to be expressing no, i totally well, agree with heather move up like it moves up i think when and it, i think when grandpa it, appears yeah oh, yeah that. grandpa's grandpa shows up at one too, point yeah. yeah yeah oh i totally agree with heather though that this is uh, the first level is so ambitious it has so many ideas there's like shops you can go into there are puzzles to solve there's an inventory system that you use it's so complicated but then every level after that is just a nightmare gauntlet of enemies and jumping they throw out <laughs> all of the ideas from the first level and then the last three or four it's just impossible platforming and weaving through enemies. Yeah. All the, the, every, everything, every thing that with Heather was talking about, all these ideas are there, but they're present. Like 90% of the ambition went into that first, uh, that, that first fifth of gameplay. Cause after that, yeah. and I, I got to level two in the mall and then I, I, I tapped out Weiger tapped out uh, <laughs> and watched a playthrough of the rest. But yeah, then after that, it's just fucking, it, 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 there's, there's not, there's all that shit goes away. For me, the game ends at that first concrete pit in the mall where you have to jump across lollipops that are spinning. Oh, yeah. That's where the game is over for me. Like, I cannot, <laughs> at the age of 38 now, I couldn't do it when I was eight. I can't do it when I'm 38. So, no. Well, also, it's so the logic of the first level is, I think, because I'm not, you know, a huge Simpsons person, but the logic is essentially Simpsons logic. It's like, oh, you know, here's the people and here's some enemies and you skateboard and and yeah, there's quarters hidden in bushes, but that's like a video <laughs> game trope. So that's OK. <laughs> right. By the time you get to the second level, it's just like, I don't know, like fucking shoes are walking by themselves. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I, this 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 staircase is made out of candy, but it's not like <laughs> the candy monster took over the mall or the shoes. No are haunted by a Springfield ghost. Like, it's just suddenly, like, uh, it just make the enemies, like, walking shoes. It just turns into nonsense. Although I will say the the shoes that moonwalk by themselves are is a genuinely cool animation. I was <laughs> yeah, like, that, nice. looks, that looks great. Yeah, the first level is all uh, prank-based, so it fits in with Bart's character. Like, all of the destruction you're doing is, like, you know, mischievous pranks to turn things different colors. But then after that, you are shooting darts at exit signs, you're collecting hats. It's all ridiculous. I mean, they at least in they put in, like, the Jebediah uh, statue with a little wink to his head getting cut off, and they have... Right. And, and you can prank call Mo in it. So there are a couple things that imply episodes of the show were watched. Like it, right. it wasn't just little pranking Bart from the, the shorts. But but those tiny morsels of Simpsons uh, references, like it, it makes it feel even worse when they take those away and they can't even give you those things. 100%. I, I'd argue it's even it's even so to some degree laden. With Simpsons season one references, uh, yeah, you mentioned the Mo phone call, which is 
not uh, i mean this is maybe the i i can't imagine even a simpsons writer like gave them like this was an alt that they didn't use in the show this feels like <laughs> something that that gary kitchen or someone on the team came up with hey isabel uh, is isabel ringing it's just like this, this is that's mo that's that's not a, that's not a level of prank bart would pull on mo they're all very um, g-rated yeah, very G-rated, but then Mo does that does have a gameplay effect where I think Mo comes out of the bar and then you can spray paint his shirt or spray paint I, his apron. I guess they're technically very G-rated, it's Mo. But yeah. but the aliens swear. Like I mean it's 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 effectively text bleeped out, but like in a world where Isabel ringing is your is your is your joke that you pull on Mo, it's crazy that the aliens appear to say Fuck! This kid is ruining us. Uh, well, it, it, at least Bart should say like, "I'm Bart Simpson." Who the bloop are you, or whatever? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Give me one of that. Uh, give me some of that. Uh, they also have, you know, Nelson's a boss. Ms. Botts, the bad babysitter, is a boss. Uh, a sideshow Bob, Doctor Marvin Monroe, a very shitty looking Marvin Monroe character model. Uh, we should talk about how. So you're trying to you're trying to get rid purple things are the the logic is that the aliens are using purple things to power their super weapon. Yes. And yes. then after Bart foils them initially, they pivot. Th this is the order that they pivot to different objects that they're going <laughs> to use to power their uh, power their weapon. Purple things first, then hats. Makes sense. Then Still tracks. Balloons. Absolutely. The next step. Then exit signs oh you know that follows you can't go <laughs> balloons without following up with exit signs and finally uh power rods from the the springfield power plant you may uh, if you're a fan may know them as the inanimate carbon rod uh from the uh the homer and Sp deep space homer episode that seems uh, yeah, like those... it could actually power something <laughs> that one feels yeah. that one makes sense to me <laughs> i do like that the final moment in the game, and I know I'm jumping slightly ahead, is like a full room of control rods at the top of a nuclear reactor, and you insert the control rod to stop the uh, nuclear chain reactor. It's like you walk onto the set of Chernobyl, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I know this room. I know this design, even. And it's uh, like the right design, and it's a very <laughs> surreal experience in the middle of a game where, you know, shoes are moonwalking on their own. <laughs> I was really expecting a final boss. There's no final boss. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no burns. Yeah. No burns. I mean, they they correctly expected no child would ever see that screen in their life anyway. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> but then, and then in Bart versus the world, every boss is a different version of Burns. There's like a Chinese oh, Mr. Burns, Burns family, and Eskimo yeah. Mr. Burns, uh, all very racist versions Quite of Burns. I, I want to say so you go from you go from Springfield to a mall, then you go to Krusty Land. Krusty uh, Land is where the game design itself starts getting a little bit uh, like I mean the dis the background design, the art design starts falling apart for me. Like there's a section where you're just dr jumping from like plain platform to plain platform, like not even yes. like oh this is a windowsill or a like it's just. A floating colored bar <laughs> that appears in the screen, and 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 okay, I gotta jump before it disappears, or you gotta trigger it, or whatever. Um, but after Krusty Land, you go to the Natural History Museum, and I thought that the art in the Natural History Museum was great. Some was of like, it looks all right. What the what the hell is this doing here? Like it's like 
multiple environments with like mummies and dinosaurs and like hallways. It felt like unlike the mall, which felt kind of just this repetitive space, like it felt like a lot of time was spent on the museum. The mall looks like shit. Yeah, the museum has some style behind it. It looks like it came from a different game they were working on because it's 100%. totally not Simpsons-y. Like everything looks so different than the rest of the game, including that giant dinosaur you fight. Yeah, which looks like a digitized, it's like a digitized photo of a dinosaur almost. And same with some of the backgrounds there. It's like, oh, somebody like hand pixeled a photograph for some of these backgrounds. Yeah, they, they do the trick that that games of the era would do where it's like this large, you know, static uh, it, to, to create such to create like a large character. It's like a large, like mostly static thing with just a couple of animated elements. Um, and the dinosaur looks or it does look very, very snazzy. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's a. I wonder if it's all recycled assets. I could see that maybe being something else that that acclaim was working on, and they were well, just like, ah, fuck it, throw it in the Simpsons game. Well, yeah, the Gary I mean, the, pulling out his hair. <laughs> the, the acclaim teams like they acclaim would get a license, yeah, and then they'd say, we need to find the cheapest people who can shove it out as fast as possible. Like I think, like the the, the Bob was telling me before we recorded, like some of the. Uh, development of it and how quickly they shoved it out, but not quick enough, right? That's right. Uh, apparently, they sh- they gave this idea to Gary Kitchen before the show had even aired when they were just shorts. Wow. And they were like, can this be a video game? He's like, sure, it could be a game. And they wanted to get out before Christmas, but they couldn't. So it was kind of a... Uh, they were still like doing crunch mode after Christmas on this game, and this is the result. Wow. I mean, if it feels like they spent like six years developing that first level and yes. then shit out the other ones <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> I really want to speak positively about the first level because it's like if you told somebody about all the shit you could do in that in that first level, like Sonic can run and jump and he gets a couple shields. Like if you're like, yeah, then you go inside a store and you can buy cherry bombs and then you use them on a different kind of enemy and you have to turn your glasses on and off to see the alien like you're describing a really robust experience it's ambitious but i i think what it what it comes down to and and this was bob's point earlier of just how bad the control is and how much this the uh, uh, whether or not a game is satisfactory is 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 based on feel because it's like yeah it has all these good ideas but it, it just like feels like shit to play and for that reason, like all that, that's that ambition uh, kind of gets buried. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm fucking agreeing with you. This game sucks. <laughs> one, thing about, um, one thing about Gary Kitchen, though, an important fact about him is that he made a name for himself developing Atari 2600 games. And I think once he came to the NES, he was so overwhelmed by the sheer power of the machine. He just had too many ideas for it. And he right. was not used to designing yeah, NES he made games. Donkey Kong for the. Yeah, Donkey Kong for the for the 2600, a terrible port. But I mean, it, they did what they could to get it on there is an accomplishment unto itself. Right. I don't know, man. You hear the sound in Donkey Kong? It's like, brank. <laughs> but yeah, the, the first, I, well, so the first level, like, I never, as an eight year old, I just couldn't get it. I remember, like, being completely lost because it was presented to me as, like, a 2D platformer. And I, I feel like a lot of kids saw it as that. And so you think like, well, yeah, I'm going to go to the end. I'm not reading words beneath the screen about covering up purple stuff. I just need to keep going forward. And then I'll get to the end, like in every Mario game. And it like breaks the rules of what a Mario game is. And you can't touch anything. It was just 
so confusing to me. And then on top of that, just like the run button being the jump button. Yeah. Uh, it drove me crazy. And playing it again now, I was like, it took me back to my <laughs> childhood frustrations. You could take yeah. one hit, one extra hit, and you have yeah. three lives, no continues. It's uh, And then back to the first level you go. Even after the, if, if you're at the end of the game, it doesn't matter. You just go back to the first level. By the way, can I say on, this, is, this was just a, a UI issue that really bothered me. Just because it's 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 contrary to the conventions that exist. So Bart has little head icons, but those don't indicate the number of lives. That indicates his health. So if you get yeah. hit, then one of the head icons goes away. But it's so it's like I like I was just like that. That just drove me crazy <laughs> that there wasn't a, there wasn't there wasn't like a health bar and the head signifying your number of lives. When when you get extra lives, you don't pick up like a Bart head in the stage or whatever. You just you have to either collect a certain number of crusty icons or get more than fifteen coins. But right, uh, it, it it the it is so unintuitive at telling you any information, which can all be done visually. Like there are the little tricks that I you know <laughs> now I'm feeling the kitchen was just like a, a relic of Atari and he didn't understand these things or maybe he didn't even play like mario games or mega man games to understand that the language of a side scroller changed i mean if he only worked on atari he had he ever made a side scrolling game before that had multiple screens it's a real screen by screen thing and then when you get hit in this game for some reason it makes the maggie pacifier noise yes (laughs) and it took me years to realize that's what that was like what is this noise when bark gets hit oh it's their version of maggie's pacifier i don't know i just don't i don't associate that with bark getting hit so there are three digitized sound samples then from the from the series. There's uh, Bart says "cool" in the cool opening, man, right? cool man, uh, and then cool, he man. says, "What what he says?" <laughs> eat my shorts. Eat, eat my shorts. shorts. There it is. Eat my shorts. And then they also digitized the Maggie, uh, Maggie. Pacifier yes. sound. Yes. Yeah. That, that is, that's the baby's name. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> hey, Apodaca, this game came out before you were born, right? Uh, Well, it came out in 1991, so I was one. You were one. <laughs> I, I, I would have probably, well, you know, depending on when, I would have been months old to one years old. Can I um, ask, like, when you when you play this, if you played this, maybe you were, yeah. you're, maybe you've played us and you haven't played any of this. <laughs> no, I certainly uh, tried to play the first level. So does this feel like it feels when I look at 1950s television to you? Like, it, <laughs> does it feel like impossibly old? <laughs> you know, it was interesting because like I, yeah, as someone who like, when I was born, The Simpsons had premiered. I think it premiered at like 89. Uh, so like I've known The Simpsons my entire life. So like seeing this, I was just like, I mean, I I rewatched Simpsons from that era. But like playing this was an odd experience because I'd never played it until this. And it was like, it was just strange because it was like, oh, the, the Simpsons games that I've played have the context of so much Simpsons. This was like, uh, if it's just weird to me, it's like if they made a movie about my life when I was ten, you know what I mean? It's like there's not a whole lot to <laughs> really right. do or talk about or like uh, reference. Like it's like it to me. This could be any game. It just happens to be The Simpsons. You know, <laughs> I'm realizing you're the you're the same age as Maggie. I am the yeah. I am canonically Maggie's age. Oh wow. my god, that's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> Maggie, wait. 
<laughs> Maggie was born after the show premiered. Uh, well, no, she was. I guess you know what. Maggie's older than me because she That's is. True, wow. Yeah, if you go by the I'm younger than Maggie. <laughs> I guess and you guys have turns? the same habits and wear the same clothes. <laughs> yeah, I'm always saying suck, suck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please don't let that be your new catchphrase. I do not want that on a shirt. Hello, everyone. Suck, suck. <laughs> Good God. Me and Bob just redid season one for the podcast, and the feel we got uh, doing it is that I think I think the people who sell things they saw Simpsons as the next Alf, and it'll be an mm. Alf for like two years at best, and you cash in on it, and then Alf's done, and you move on to the next thing. Like they, so yeah, I think they were just in the same lack of care they had for the Alf video game on the Master System. I think pretty similarly they treated the Simpsons here. Hey Willie. Am I right? Is that that's yeah. pretty good, right? What are you doing, sister? Willie's <laughs> sadly absent from that game, though. He's not in the Alf game. It's just Alf. There's no family members. Wow. Alf and and cats, I assume. Right. Well, if you he, if you he eats cats, right? If you leave out he, the family he eats members, that pussy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh god. Alf's what I call a reverse DJ Khaled. <laughs> uh-huh. They look pretty similar. I feel like Paul Fusco kept the family out of that ALF game, so only he would get the any residuals or money for character <laughs> likenesses. That's what I think. That tracks. Let, let's talk about the ending of this game. Because uh, after you put the control rod back into the nuclear uh, facility, uh, you the aliens... So I don't know The Simpsons enough to know if these were like the way that these aliens talked is the way that they are supposed to talk. No way. Never. This is the thing. These So there are aliens in the Simpsons. They're Kang and Kodos, and they are a big part of the, of every, uh, every Halloween episode there. They have a presence and the, uh, these are not the Simpsons, uh, the, the, the aliens from the Simpsons animated show. I think maybe because the game predated the first treehouse of horror episode. That's my guess. Hmm. It, it well, doesn't predate it, but it does. The development does, right? Yes. Yeah. Does. yeah. So got the, it. They first appeared in the Halloween special for Halloween of 1990. So four months later, this game came out. But they're uh, definitely the timeline yeah. couldn't work for them to add Kang and Kodos. But but they don't even get the space mutants right who uh, did appear in season yeah. one and the shorts. Like they don't look like they do in this game either. So you're telling me that the text that I'm about to read doesn't track as like the way that the aliens in the Simpsons speak. So when at the end of the game, when they say that Simpson boy has defeated us, we have failed dismally. You have to admire the boy's courage and luck. We must honor our foe. We must show respect for his victory. I have an idea. And so Bart became an intergalactic hero. And six months later, the family makes a stop while on their summer vacation. And then we see that the aliens have, sculpted Bart's head onto Mount Rushmore, which is a yes. digitized photo of Mount Rushmore with what looks to be a 3D rendering of Bart on the side. So that's not cool, canonical. Huh? Like this isn't uh, a thing that... <laughs> no. um... Although I okay. can kind of hear Kang and Kodo say those words. I yeah. can imagine it. That's not, that's not far off from their voice. I mean, there is... If you go to Mount Rushmore now... Bart's head is on it, mm-hmm. so that part is canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, everything else wait. is just completely made up. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're saying that if 
Mount Rushmore has Bart's face on it in our world that it yes. is canonically The Simpsons? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, The <laughs> Simpsons is a reflection of our reality. So if I eat pizza for lunch today, that's canonically part of The Simpsons story? Yes, but it would be like a different pizza. You and you what? might have actually learned it from The Simpsons. I don't yeah. believe either of you. I don't believe any of this. I think, I think you misspoke, Nick, and I think it's time to own up to it. Mm, no, I don't do such a thing. Hey, so the misspeak or learn from my mistakes. Hey, uh, one thing I, I did want to talk about. So, the, so there's an element in this game again, a, an idea that's interesting that doesn't really pay off in execution. But this is this is again just like the kind of the kind of issue I have with. There are big issues with this game, but there are also small things that just drove me crazy. And this is one of them. So you you can get an assist from one of your other family members, one of the other four uh, the four Simpson family members, by collecting enough uh, tokens to spell out their name, and you do that by dispatching aliens, space mutants in disguise as humans. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you collect evidence in their you terms. collect that. Yeah, yeah, and that and that and that spells out their names. Here's the thing: the character with the longest name is on the first level. If you're trying to teach this mechanic to somebody, wouldn't you want to start out with a character with you have a character with four with a four letter name, two characters with five letter names, one character with a six letter name? They start with a six lettered character, like that. Just seem it just seems like a sort of thing. Just just reorder it so Lisa is level one. Why does it have to start off with Maggie? I think they probably designed that boss fight first, and we're like, oh, Maggie can keep falling over and pushing. Was it a barrel? She pushes something. Bowling I thought it was away. a bowling. Isn't it always a bowling ball? There's uh, lots of dropping of bowling balls on heads because I think they got it from the Babysitter Bandit episode. Yeah, that defeats yeah. the Babysitter Bandit. I mean, bowling is a key part of early Simpsons. The first season, you would think the show is like the bowling television show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think I would bet they just made the art for Maggie and then they said, well, we're locked in. We can't change the sprite. So right. Lisa just goes later. That's, that's yeah. what I would assume. Maybe Gary Kitchen uh, designed the game and he's like, all right, here we go. It's the first level. And they're like, how, how are you spelling Maggie there, Gary? And he's like, just like my name. It's M-A-G-Y, Maggie. <laughs> it's not Gary, Maggie's you level. Idiot. <laughs> I wonder if there are any, this is, that observation, Henry, makes me wonder if there's any, like, if internet culture as we know it now existed when Simpsons was first airing. If during Simpsons season two and three, there would be a bunch of Simpsons season one stands who were like <laughs> furious that the show got away from its bowling roots. Like, how come Homer yeah. never goes to the alley anymore? <laughs> uh, then they'd be happy in season 10 when he finally like, bowl, or 11 when he bowls that 300 game. They're like, finally yeah. <laughs> getting back to the roots of the show. They're bowling again. Yeah. I, I Well, like in, in the arcade game too, Homer's like, a heavy attack was a bowling ball. Like, and his yeah. boss of his dream was a giant bowling ball with bowling ball arms. It's a, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's remains a part of his personality. And certainly we know the pin pals episode, which is a big one, but, but yeah, he was a very, very uh, obsessive bowler in the early going. Um, there, are there some items uh, as far as I could tell? Cause there's a use for the cherry bomb. There's a use for the rockets. The wrench is kind of like the wrench actually is probably the one I like the most because it's basically right outside the hardware store. There's a, uh, there's a fire hydrant that you can use the wrench on. And then the wrench goes and sprays something that has wet paint. And then that turns 
you know, that changes its color from purple. Uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, that changes the color from purple to red. But like, I, some of the objects, I couldn't tell if they had any function <laughs> at all. Some of the items you can buy. Some of them are really weird. Like the whistle that you buy, you use it in front of the retirement home and then grandpa will appear and throw coins at you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's its only use. Yeah. If, if you apparently if you blow on it, if you blow on it outside the pet store, a dog will show up and attack you. So that's, it's actually like a negative. Item. Yeah, when, it's and, when the cherry bomb, which is an incredibly destructive item like it's they have it in other games that it actually works as an attack. Here it only is used to scare one purple bird away, and that's it. Like, no no other uses for it in the game, because you can't... Okay, I think Mac Raining had, like, some insistence that Bart can't directly harm anything. Like, he's like, mm. I don't want Bart to hurt things. That's true. I mean, you have a dart gun in the museum level, but you can't hit enemies with your dart gun. Yeah. It's only for hitting exit <laughs> signs. Uh, I, yeah, I, and if you... If you hit an enemy, if you like, because they're they're humans disguised as a or they're aliens disguised as space mutants disguised as as humans, and then there are humans that are that are just humans, and if you try to attack a regular human, you will take damage. Yeah, I, I think that's Mac Raining wanting to like. He's a you know a Portland peacenik. Like he's like, oh, I these video games they they influence violence too much. Like I can't have Bart kill these space mutants you know he just has to avoid them and walk around them in the one interview i read with kitchen he said he met with james l brooks macarening and sam simon to talk wow. about the game like what the concept would be so wow. we could be right about this that's unbelievable i, I worked on uh, so i worked on a on a very bad briefly i've worked on a very bad I tried to distance myself as much as possible licensed <laughs> game the sopranos road to respect mm. and david chase uh, the sopranos kingpin was was peripherally involved and the game was like everyone just knew it was gonna just suck from very early on even though there was an okay there's a pretty interesting pitch document and then you know thq wanted one thing um and uh hbo just didn't care at all as long as it had the voice talent and it just had no investment in the game actually being any sort of quality and i was wondering like at one point i was like because david chase is such a craftsman and cares so much about the obviously the Sopranos is such a the TV show is such a, a pristine you know creation, um, and it turn and and I asked someone about it internally and they're like, well, to David Chase, this is just the game is just like the Sopranos cookbook, like he hmm. just doesn't he does not at all <laughs> think that this is anything. It, this is just a thing to put the 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 license on. He doesn't at all care about its quality. Its quality, and I think that was probably there was probably an era of Simpsons games where that was the same sort of thing. They were viewed as like, oh, this is just cheap merchandise. This is the same as a fucking uh, mug that says "I'm Bart Simpson." Who the hell are you? Based on an interview that we had with a producer of early Simpsons games, uh, it seems like Macaroni was hands on because yeah. the the phrase oh, was wow. "graining rhymes with complaining." Yep. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, it was a really fun interview that uh, the man's name is Paul Provenzano. I think he still works in games, but he he was an executive producer of the games, all the acclaimed games, He uh, though he came in late on Space Mutants. And then when Fox started publishing and making the Simpsons games with Fox Interactive, he moved over and he was like, oh, it was night and day. Fox was way more invested in making a game that was good when they made it instead of just right getting a check from a claim to, to license it out. But but the, uh, yeah, Graining was more involved than you think. I mean, to a degree, I think Graining um, 
the story of the Simpsons too is that Groening kind of gets shoved out of the writers' room by Sam Simon, and they have like kind of a ang- they there is some difference of opinions there, and I think Groening as he's getting less invested in show running the show he's working more on the side stuff like the games the merchandise the comic book company that it starts in 94 uh and so that's uh i i think probably graining was more involved than the the usual writer was on a, on a game like this that's fascinating well in this case at least it was perhaps to its detriment uh because this <laughs> is not a good game but we should get to our review crew Uh, so we'll each say something positive and give this game a numerical decimal rating. I can start things off, and I'm, I might be stealing someone else's positive, but feel free to repeat if you agree. Because the one thing I do think is cool in this game is the they live mechanic uh, that 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 was mentioned earlier. The x-ray specs that Bart has. You you toggle uh, your specs on. To, and you see a, a different, you know, a, a, a different color filter on the world. And it, when you're wearing x-ray specs, you can tell if a human is an alien or if a human is an actual human. And I think that's cool when you flick them on and you see that a human actually has like tentacles coming out of his head. And then you flick them back off and then you can stomp on them. I actually think that's pretty good. Uh, but everything else about this game is really bad. <laughs> it's just it's just so it's just so unfun to play. And even the fan service barely pays off. Certainly didn't pay off for a, a the the young child I was when I got this game and was excited to play it and swiftly disappointed by how it actually played. I'm going to give this a point eight. Uh, mm. Go ahead, Heather. Well, we've played a lot of bad games on this podcast, and uh, my life is being slowly ru- ruined by it. Uh, <laughs> I want to say that usually a game is bad because it's there's it's too simple or it's too boring. And my positive for this is that the first level of this game, even though it's not good, is not boring. It's like, yeah. you're like, oh, man, there's a lot of shit going on here. And if the rest of the game had been that dense and that packed in, like maybe I would have forgiven it. But it goes from being bad and dense to bad and plain. And that's <laughs> unforgivable. But for that first level, I'm like, hey, I don't like this but this might be for somebody right. and if you can say that then that's a positive uh point five. Ooh. wow <laughs> all right matt go ahead simpson well, super fan matt apodaca well yeah that's what that's where my positive is coming in because even though the game is bad and i mean effectively like unplayable it's hard it's too hard <laughs> it's, too, um, it's very hard i got to spend some time in my favorite city Springfield, USA. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to, uh, you know, be like, yeah, spend some time with America's family, the Simpsons. And that, that alone is worth, uh, you know, one point. I'm giving this a one. (laughs) Wow. Uh, All right, Bob, go ahead. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but the best part of this game is the box art by Bill Morrison. Hell yeah. Who yes. did all of the early licensed Simpsons art. So if you see like a mug or a t-shirt or a game box from the early 90s, he probably drew it. 
And yeah. I want a poster of that art somewhere in my apartment. It's the greatest. We got to, we interviewed Bill Morrison once and just complimented him on like, this is the only good thing about your game, this game. And yeah. he's like, oh, I, <laughs> I never touched this. Matt just said, draw this cover. And I did. It. Yes. So I give it a 2.3. Uh, the cover boosted uh, two whole points. Wow. Uh, uh, Google the Google the box art if you haven't. It's it's it is very cool. Bart on a skateboard uh, with a with some spray paint spray painting the title. He's got X-ray specs on. Homer's attached to a UFO. It's just got a lot going on. It's one of those cool sort of uh, just every every inch of uh, is filled uh, sort of posters. Uh, all right, Henry, something positive in your numerical score. Uh, the positive, I will say, I agree with all your guys is positive so far, but uh, I would add that I. Really appreciated that on the NES version and basically only the NES version, they actually spent the money to pay for Danny Elfman's real song. <laughs> if you play the Genesis version or the, which or Master System Game Gear, pretty much any of the other ones, we none of us are cursed to be British and have to play a ZX Spectrum. But if you play, <laughs> but if you play any of those, you don't get the that song, and they oh they overplay it for sure. But I it, watch a playthrough of the Genesis version or emulate it. You will see it is 10 times worse without that music, too. <laughs> so they they spend the money on it. Other, otherwise, totally awful game. I can't imagine playing it without save states. And even that was like after an hour, I just thought I can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't. So um, the NES version, I will give it two out of 10. Uh, the Every other version, a one out of 10. Wow. Uh, and our reviews, uh, uh, as a reminder, are out of a million. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was, those were our thoughts. But maybe we were wrong, Heather. I doubt it. I really doubt it on this one. I've got a contemporary review of it from 1991. This is Nintendo Power issue number 23. And I'll just, I'll just highlight a few <laughs> things here. Uh, they gave it they gave their verdict was a 3.3 out of five, which is far harsh. too charitable. Yeah. yeah. For Nintendo um, Power. Uh, yeah. Harsh by Nintendo Power standards. Absolutely. Uh, OK, so uh, here we go. Here's some of the copy. He's here. Bart Simpson has finally made it to the NES from acclaim. His adventure, though, is anything but a game for underachievers. This game is very challenging and could be frustratingly so to some players. The task that you must perform to complete the adventure require patience and skill i feel like that's understating it a little bit um but they i do like that they actually threw in frustrating that they were able to get that far uh here here's one thing that i learned from nintendo power that i would never have figured out on my own from the sign on the theater this is out this is on the marquee outside of the springfield uh what what is the theater in the simpsons the aztec aztec Aztec, yeah outside of the aztec from the sign on the theater you know that showings are at two o'clock and four o'clock that means that someone with purple clothes will come out when the timer shows 200 or 400. <laughs> spray them. How on earth are you supposed what? to intuit that? Wild. Yeah. Ideas. <laughs> ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of ideas. I've got also a contemporary review. Uh, this is a uh, GamePro review from 1991, and it's five out of five. Wow. So this is a, Whoa. a perfect game. <laughs> Bart and his family have come out of the starting gate looking strong. There's so much to see and do. Don't leave a single shrub, ledge, or garbage can unexplored that you'll, without a doubt, get many hours of enjoyable gameplay under your belt. Besides, how could you resist helping the king of smart Alex prove that he's not such a bad guy after all? 
game bro uh, uh, wow um heather is that was that it for for reviews no i got one? one more i got one, oh, you got more. one more okay go ahead this is from amazon in 2014 k risotto writes it's exactly like i remember my kids are like uh nice graphics ma <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fucking uh, then, it, then it continues is and, and she roasted herself. She played herself. <laughs> <laughs> the gameplay's excellent for as old as the poor thing is. 1991 was the year. The game is 23 years old when this was written. I am still trying to remember all the tricks of the game. So we're all still on level one. We'll get there. I got bad news for you, lady. You aren't ever getting off of level one. <laughs> Let's reach out to her. Yeah, I want to talk to this mom. Sounds pretty uh, cool. Speaking of level, I should mention in, in that Nintendo Power review, there's a bunch of screenshots, and every single screenshot is from the first level. I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still. I don't think this this reviewer get, uh, passed that first boss. I have one contemporary review I wanted to mention, just because I have an axe to grind with where I used to work. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> Uh, when I worked at Games Radar, I was denied the right to uh, my right to write the <laughs> best Simpsons games list. And it was instead given to this like um, British guy who loved Sega games and hated NES games and never played Nintendo games. And so uh, he had Space Mutants at like number three of best Simpsons games ever. And come on. And I had to share with him like a video of the NES version because he only played the Mega Drive version, as he called it. Uh, and and so he didn't even but, it, but he just remembered it being good. So I was like, God damn it. it please. I got him to get it down to, I believe, number six. But if, if you look up best Simpsons games, games radar and read what he had to say, it's just like, you know, it's uh, it's a little challenging, I guess, but the nostalgia wins out, and it's actually is really cool to be Bart in this case. Like awful, I'm so mad. I'm still fuming. About You'll find it. this game quite corking. He said, <laughs> he put skateboarding as the best, as the worst. Simpsons skateboarding was worse. Like which I told him, like wrestling is worse than skateboarding. If you're even just right. going to go with an, a a 32 bit one, but anyway, yeah, that. Uh, I, that was how I learned how British people think, remember the Simpsons differently than I do. <laughs> um, I, well, I was going to have a quiz for you guys for a, a real or fake Simpsons game, but hearing, learning that Bob is responsible for basically the entirety of the Wikipedia article I pulled this <laughs> from, uh, I don't think there's a point in doing it, but I, I do want to point out a few of these because some of these were new to me and I was, I was amazed by their existence. Um, the Simpsons Bart's House of Weirdness. A real game, The Simpsons, <laughs> Bart and the Beanstalk, Itchy and Scratchy and Miniature Golf Madness, uh, and then The Simpsons, Minutes to Meltdown. All of these are real games. Yeah. The you know I think the best of that era on an NES was probably that crusty one because it just it just ripped off Lebbings or uh, uh, it was Lebbings. an existing oh, right. uh, it was like an existing British game that they just yeah. turned into crusty. So that's right. It was like an existing puzzle game. <laughs> Krusty's Funhouse, yeah. Krusty's Funhouse, yes. That was a game I remember reading about and coveting, but still, like, not quite taking the plunge on, I think, because I was burned by Bart versus the Space Mutants. Um, hey, guys, it's time for the question block. Ba-ding! All right. This first one is from at KJH Comedy. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons as a kid, 
but I got my Simpsons fix by playing the arcade game, which apparently was fine by my parents. What's a property or franchise that you could only access through a different medium slash merchandise tie-in? Boy, it's a good question. I wasn't allowed to look at real dead bodies, only snuff films. <laughs> <laughs> and you think that was helpful for your development? I mean, I mean, there's one part of that that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I boy, this is something that you were only allowed to. You, you, hmm, I'm trying to think. So, so you could read the book, but you couldn't see the movie. I feel like that's probably all the Stephen King that I experienced as a okay. kid. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? Specifically um, about video games. Well, I'm trying to think. For me, like I, my parents were pretty lax, but I didn't get to see RoboCop or mm. the Nightmare on Elm Street films until I was like 14 or 13. But I could play the games on the NES of those things. Same with uh, Terminator. Like I didn't see Terminator 2 for a while, but I played the arcade game and had the arcade game port on my Game Gear. I played a million times. I had a working single mother, so there were no rules or boundaries. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch South Park, and I, but I have played the two more recent. I played the Stick of Truth and the uh, the other one, the Fractured but Whole, and I still have probably only seen like less than two hands full like worth of South Park episodes. I've not really ever watched it, but I've played both of those games. That's I still feel fascinating. like I still feel like if I watch one, I'm gonna get in trouble. You missed out on the party game Chef's Love Shack, a truly, <laughs> truly awful oh, man. video game. <laughs> and the Mario Kart game. Yeah, there's a really bad N64 first person shooter too. Well, you get you get your head stuck up a cow's butt. It's uh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what else you got? This next one is from at Dumb Derek. Uh, Derek writes. The Simpsons arcade game is one of only two games that I ever beaten in an arcade. What are some of the arcade games that you've beaten or spent a sack of quarters upon? This is a good question. I spent, I had a, so some of this for me, or one of my, the memories for me is when there was an arcade that was doing a free play. Like it was like a, it was like a buy-in and then you're just like free playing. Um, And at, at one of those times, uh, and, and one of those instances, I beat Gauntlet, not the original Gauntlet, but they did a remake of it, uh, a, a 3D remake of it that was pretty fun, actually, kind of like a, a you know, a, 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 had a hack and slash sort of uh, golden axe sort of feel to it. Um, and uh, that's one that's, that sticks out. I watched someone finish the Simpsons arcade game. I didn't finish it myself, but I watched someone. I saw someone on the final boss and watched the end of it when I was a kid. And that I remember being pretty. I was like floored by finishing Street Fighter two in the arcade with Chun Li, and she goes to her father's grave was shocking. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, wait, what? Because you, you you know you barely peripherally knew that there was a story happening in that game. So like, she goes to her father's grave, and then it's like, I've avenged you. And then she's immediately like, finally, I can go back to being a normal girl and like hops or jumps or something. If I remember correctly, that that was crazy. It felt <laughs> it felt like being slapped with like a cold hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, Simpsons was the one that I actually spent money on. I remember spending uh, ten dollars of birthday money in 1992 to uh, beat it with a bunch of strangers at the arcade. And I had to be Lisa. Because I showed up last. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I had a similar birthday th 
thing, uh, though. I it would be a shared birthday of my brother and I because we're like three weeks apart. Uh, no, uh, three days apart in, in birth. And so it would be, uh, you know, the Simpsons game was new. So it's like, all right, mom has agreed. She will just put quarters in until you beat this game. <laughs> and so we saw the end of Simpsons. And the X-Men arcade game, and I think at least the first Turtles arcade game. So wow. uh, those, but that was kind of it. It was pretty rare. Sometimes I, I might get lucky and walk by somebody like uh, finishing a double dragon mm-hmm. game and I'd see them beat it. But otherwise, yeah, uh, beating Mr. Burns in that game was the cost of a personal pan pizza in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the boss you pay five dollars to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought when, like you know, when like Mame came about and and uh, this, you know, that the, all these classic arcade games were you you could emulate easily. I I thought it was gonna be like, oh man, I'm gonna finish all these arcade games now. That I never got to finish, and then so many of them I started playing and like lost interest after like 12 minutes of gameplay because it was just like, oh, there's just no real hook to this. It's it really is just a thing that you play you play for a bit and then uh you're it, it's set up to take to have you put insert a credit every two minutes of gameplay. Yeah, I mean, once once uh, the money is worthless and you can continue endlessly and you're not having to think about losing a whole quarter, then, yeah, you pretty much just uh, it, it becomes an empty exercise. That's how it must feel to be rich. I think <laughs> I, I feel nothing. I feel. <laughs> All right. One more question, Matt. All right. This one's from at Don Rocco on Twitter. Which early season Simpsons game would be better received if it were an actual game? Bone Storm or Lee Carvalho's putting challenge? Um, I got I, I, I got no answer for this one, guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Those are just like gibberish words to me. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm gonna go back further and the boxing game that I think that Homer uh, that Bart is playing and that Homer eventually uh, figures out how to play and is going to finally best Bart. And I can't even remember what the the overall arc of that episode is. But there's like a there's like a bar- boxing game that's being played early on. That look that always like look as like, oh, that looks cool. And like a video game with that sort of look uh, that was basically punch out in a Simpsons world, I thought would be fun. I'm going to look this super slug answers. Super slug. Yeah. I was going to say, I think uh, Escape from Grandma's House could be made into one of those first person horror games like Hello Neighbor <laughs> that everyone's streaming. Uh, so that's my pick. Uh, boy, I. Well, I do like Slugfest for its like hyper violence. I think though it and well, as we saw in universe, Millhouse got bored with uh, Bone Storm pretty quickly. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the unnamed space shooter game that was like Asteroids that Grandpa sit, gets down on the floor for this <laughs> with uh, <laughs> and he can't hit the hyperspace. That I'm gonna go with that game. Uh, the uh, uh, by the way, your escape from grandma's house made me think of the other escape game, Escape from Death Row. Right, uh, they're playing <laughs> the, the, in the episode where Bart gets a girlfriend, uh, or Bart they, Bart has a crush on the babysitter, um, and uh, that one always looked like that could be fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I also like that one has a social commentary on how easy it is to kill someone on death row in, in Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, hit us up with your questions at getplayedpod, getplayedpod at gmail.com. Henry Gilbert, Bob Mackey, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, take a second and plug anything you would like to plug. 
Oh, sure. Thanks for having us. I'll plug uh, my podcast up front that I do uh, without Henry. Henry's yeah, on it sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. though, but it's Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. You can find it where you find podcasts uh, or just go to patreon.com slash retronauts and you can access our exclusive episodes there. But we've been doing it since 2006. It's a very long running podcast and we do about six episodes a month. So there's like over 600 of them now if you want to go back to the archives. And uh, yeah, me and Bob weekly, we do Talking Simpsons and what a cartoon, what a cartoon. We cover different animated series once a week. But on Talking Simpsons, we go through all of the Simpsons in chronological order, though we did just take a break to go over season one. And we had a ton of fun uh, revisiting season one for the 30th anniversary. I think my favorite might have been our Simpsons Sing the Blues re-listen. That oh, was really good yes. Fun. Coming very soon. And uh, you can find that wherever podcasts are available. And also we're supported on Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, where there's a ton of exclusive extras on there. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for uh, using your Simpsons brains and your gaming brains, lending them to this exercise, uh, to this hideous game that we had to play this week. And Matt, what's next week's game? Next week's game, Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City. Oh, sorry. Sorry, my phone is ringing. Hello? Uh, yeah. Hi, this is uh, this is Nick. Uh, can you can you tell me if Suckin is there? <laughs> uh, Suckin, is there a last name? My own dick. Uh, yeah, just one second. Uh, hey, is there a sucking my own dick here? Hey, everybody, look up here. I need I need you guys to check out sucking my own dick. Gotcha, dude. You Cowabunga. <laughs> That's not even your catchphrase. I'm gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> Fucking murder you, you kid! You fucking kid! I'm gonna murder a child. I'm immortal. Fuck you. <laughs>